0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time of the day you're watching this broadcast, this is Dr. Eric Tangumon-Kem with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential and deploy it. There is great potential in you already. You have all what it's going to take for you to become all you were created to be. However, if you allow fear to fester in your life, if you allow fear to take hold of you, if you allow fear to determine the actions you take or the actions you don't take, it's going to cripple you and prevent you from reaching your full potential. That's why today I'm going to be talking on how to overcome fear, how to overcome fear. We are not going to deny that we have fears because all of us do, including me. Before we get into that, please, will you do me a favor? Share this broadcast and invite other people to join us so that you can also be a blessing
1: as you are going to be blessed. Share the broadcast. And if you haven't subscribed to
0: my YouTube channel, please go ahead and do that. As I promise, great content is coming your way. share the broadcast invite other people to join us and subscribe to my youtube channel you can follow me on linkedin twitter facebook instagram snapchat tiktok my handle is dr er, dr Kim. dr Kim. let's stay connected and help each other our mission is simple inspire equip and motivate people so they can reach their full potential that's what we do you may be wondering why should we talk about fear maybe you are at work you're like what has this got to do with me it is because all of us have fear all of us have fear and today i'm going to be challenging you to face your fears head on triumph over them, and make progress. Fear is something that everybody deals with. It may be the fear of death, the fear of being sick, the fear of losing your investments, the fear of getting laid off, the fear of your company collapsing, the fear of the stock market crashing, fear of rejection, the fear of flying. I've actually put a comprehensive list of uh, the different types of fears that we have. It's from the website HealthLine. You can check it after the broadcast is over. There are so many different types of fears here that I'm just going to read a few to you, but there are more than 30 there are more than 50 even different types of fears and that is why it's important for us to talk about it acrophobia fear of darkness acrophobia fear of heights aerophobia fear of flying algophobia fear of pain that some people have fear of chickens fear of public spaces Fear of needles or pointed objects, fear of riding in a car, fear of men, fear of, uh, of uh, choking, fear of flowers, fear of people or society, fear of being touched, fear of spiders, fear, fear of imperfection, fear of failure. I like that one, fear of failure, fear of being alone, that is autophobia, fear of bacteria. Bacterophobia. Fear of gravity, fear of stairs or steep slopes, fear of pointed needles, fear of books, bibliophobia, fear of plants, botanophobia, fear of ugliness, fear of being ridiculed fear of mirrors, fear of snow, fear of colors, fear of clocks, fear of clowns, fear of doctors, fear of insects, fear of death, fear of pepper, fear of disease, fear of children, fear of love, philophobia, fear, fear of Fear of phobias. That is interesting, right? fear of phobia. Fear of feet, fear of beards, fear of fire. There are so many fears from A to Z here, just a lot of them. I wanted to check them A Fear of beautiful women. Venustrophobia. Fear of gems. Fear of witch, witches and witchcraft. Are you afraid of witches and w- witchcraft? Vicaphobia. Fear of strangers, foreigners. Fear of animals.
1: zoophobia. As I said, there are too many fears. What is your own
0: fear? What are you afraid of today? What's holding you back? What's preventing you from launching that business? What's preventing you from going back to school? What's preventing you from writing that book? What's preventing you from publishing that manuscript that has been Collecting dust for the past five years. What's preventing? I'm talking to somebody right now. You have a manuscript. It's ready. It's been sitting there for five years. It's collecting dust, and you are afraid to share it with the rest of the world. It's never going to be perfect. What's preventing you from moving out of your neighborhood right now? That has cost you so much pain to move into a different neighborhood or a different city or a different country where you can truly flourish? What's holding you back? What's preventing you from starting that business? What's preventing you from going back to school? Fear of failure? Fear of rejection? What's preventing you from making a proposal to get into marriage? What's preventing you? We're talking about fear today. Now, some people have defined fear as false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real.
1: There may be some truth to that. But what I'm going to be talking about today is fear
0: is fear. If you are afraid, you are afraid. We are not going to pretend that the fear. You're not feeling the fear. No, let's, let's, let, let's, let's start by admitting that we are afraid. Because the very first step to overcoming fear is identifying the fear, accepting that you are afraid, Then you can deal with the fear head-on as you are going to see. I'm not going to play, do a word play, and try to downplay your fear. If you are afraid of heights, you are afraid of heights. If you are afraid of failure, you are afraid of failure. If you are afraid of traveling, you are afraid of traveling. If if you are having any fear today, I hear you. I hear you. We especially the fear the fear of failure is huge. A lot of people never reach their full potential because they are
1: afraid to fail. And that holds them back. I don't want you to refuse That you have fear. You need to accept that you have fear because
0: it is important for you to know who the enemy is if you're going to overcome it.
1: To overcome fear, you have to apply faith. To overcome fear,
0: you have to apply faith. I'm going to talk about faith and some of you are going to say what in the world am I listening to please i'm pleading with you don't turn it off can you hang on a little bit and understand where i'm coming from i know some of you are saying right now dude this is a business place because i'm broadcasting this on linkedin right and you're like whoa what has this got to do with business and networking and, 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 and make, having success in the marketplace? If you are afraid, if fear is dealing with you, you're not going to grow. You're not going to go far. You won't be able to pick up the phone, call, and make that sell pitch. You will not be able to launch that new product if you allow fear to cripple you. And as I'm going to see, when we talk about faith, Faith is not what most, of, most people think it is, as I am going to get there. Faith will neutralize fear. Faith will neutralize fear. Faith will neutralize all fears. Faith is an antidote to fear. Faith is a vaccine
1: against fear. No wonder. The Bible tells us many times to fear not. It's saying so because the absence
0: of faith is the presence of fear. Without fear, without faith, fear will flourish. I'm putting faith up front because faith is knowledge-based. Faith is based on knowledge. Faith is based on evidence. Faith is based on facts, as you're going to see. Most of us have faith upside down, and that is why when faith is mentioned, most people just take to the heels. Give me a minute. Track with me a little bit. And by the way, if you're listening to this or you're watching it, it's been streamed on multiple channels, and I can't interact with you live, although I'm live right now, However, leave your comments. If you have any questions, if you disagree with what I'm saying, I will answer, I will respond to it when the broadcast is over. I like to get your feedback. I like to hear what you, you have to say. Fear is very crippling. However, the good news is that we have an antidote, and that is faith. Now, faith is one of those words that has been mischaracterized,
1: misunderstood, and misused by so many people. When
0: faith is mentioned, a lot of crazy ideas come into people's minds. We're going to define faith today. We're going to define faith today. And I want you to upgrade your understanding of faith and make sure you use faith within the right context because life is governed and ruled by faith. Everything we do is ruled by faith. What people call faith in most cases is not
1: faith. It's not faith. Faith You know, some people say faith is feelings. It is not.
0: It is not a blind leap. Faith is not a blind leap. It's not a blind leap over a chasm. If you you are taking a blind leap over a chasm without thinking about it, without planning, without doing the proper calculations to know if you have what it takes to jump over that chasm, you're going to crash to your death. That is not faith. It's foolishness. Faith is not anti-science. Faith is not anti-facts. I did not say anti Faith is not against facts or anti-facts or anti-knowledge or anti-research or anti-wisdom or anti-whatever. Faith is not foolishness. Faith is not feelings. And there is no such
1: thing as faith in faith itself. There is no such thing as faith in faith itself.
0: And that is why it's very important when we throw this word around, we must know what we're talking about before we use it. Just as when we're using fractions or talking about fractions, you can never say half, just like that. No, it has to be half of something or a quarter of something a quarter dollar or half a dollar, half a loaf of bread. It has to be three quarters of something. It has to. You don't just say half. Half of what? And and we, when we when it comes to faith, we cannot just say, Oh, have faith. Have faith in what? Faith in itself? No. Faith is always in something. Faith is always based on something. Faith is always based on something. And that is why your faith is only as good as the object of your faith. Your faith is
1: only as good as what you are placing your faith in. You can have all the faith you want. In a faulty airplane, it's going to take off. It will crash land. And people who don't have faith in flying in
0: the aircraft, they're not going to fly. They have a phobia. They won't fly. They don't believe that the airplane is going to take off and land. They've read information about it. They don't accept it. And so they're not going to take that step. Now, let's define what faith is. I'm going to read different translations of a verse in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, that defines what faith is.
1: And I want you to listen very carefully, because the definition is very far
0: from the popular notions people have about faith and people of faith. Because according to some people, when faith is
1: mentioned, what comes into their mind is taking a blind leap, refusing to face facts, refusing the evidence, just believing without proof.
0: Come on. If that is our definition of faith, you have it all wrong. I want to give you the definition of faith and I want you to think through it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We've talked of substance and evidence. So where did you get the idea that walking by faith is refusing the evidence? Now, faith is assurance of things hoped for, A conviction of things not seen. Each time we talk about not seen, it's talking about using the physical eyes. We see with the eyes of our minds. You should ask every engineer who comes out with a prototype or the blueprint of any design. They tell you, we see it, it is not your sin, isn't it? They see it, they put it down on paper. I remember watching a, a film, a documentary on Tesla and the AC machine that he designed. And Tesla was telling the people, I can see it in my mind. I can see the machine. It's going to work. He proceeded by taking it out of his mind from the unseen realm and put it, it down on paper, and the machine then becomes visible. That is why the things that are seen are made out of the things that are not seen. Just because the things are not yet being seen with the physical eye, it does not negate the fact that those things are already there. When you get into quantum physics and into the quantum realm, you will understand that when you go beyond the subatomic particles, when everything becomes energy, we really don't see, but we know it's there because we have the evidence of the presence of that thing. And that's why faith is the evidence. a substance. Now, faith is the assurance. This is the amplified version. Now, faith is the assurance. Title, deed. When you have the title deed of a property, when you have the title deed to something, you have it, isn't it? Faith is a title deed, confirmation of things hoped for. You're hoping for something because now you have a title deed to it. So if, 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 I, if I have a title deed to, to a land, I have not yet seen the land, isn't it? But I know it's there because I have a title deed. And these things are divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen, conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as facts. Here, yeah, about fact, right? I said it's fact in faith. Those who say, oh, well, people walk by faith don't follow the facts. Faith comprehends fact, what cannot be experienced by physical senses. When an architect has a blueprint of a submarine or the uh, the architect has a blueprint of a skyscraper in their brain, in their mind, you who is not in the mind of the architect, you don't see it, but the architect sees it very clearly. And that's what they're able to come out with a blueprint and that building is built. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith is the reality. The reality, I, I, most of the times I hear people say, oh, when you walk by faith, it means you are not accepting reality. No, no. The definition of faith doesn't say that. It said faith is a reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Well, most of the times, the other challenge is, oh, you're talking about faith. Show me the proof. Faith is the proof. Faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not what we don't see. Faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what cannot, we cannot see. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance
1: about what we do not see. When you define faith, it talks about evidence, it talks
0: about proof, it talks about a title deed, it talks about facts.
1: Just, just just, stay with me a little bit. Let me connect the dots for you. Now, therefore, faith is not dependent
0: on our feelings or our circumstances. I've already said that your faith is only as good as the object of your faith. So when you say you have faith, the question is you're having faith in what? There's nothing as faith in itself. There's nothing as blind faith. You are blind. Open your eyes. There's nothing as just belief for the sake of believing. No. Faith has a track record. Faith has proof. Faith has substance. Faith has evidence.
1: Faith has facts. I'm going to substantiate it for you. Faith must be
0: based on something. That is why faith cometh by hearing
1: and hearing by the word of God. In other words, to gain faith, supernatural faith, divine faith, you need to put
0: your trust in God. Oh, now you're telling me oh, I need to prove the existence of God to you, right? That is discussion for another day. But for now, let me put it to you like this. God does not need to have a beginning. It's not necessary. Who said he needs to have a beginning? Because he's out of time, space, and matter. God is beyond all that. And while you're still trying to wrap your mind
1: around who God is, I want you to listen to this illustration. A woman was pregnant with twins. one of the twins, to his brother. We, 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 don't, we don't have
0: uh, uh, any, any need uh, for these legs that we are uh, d- developing. We don't have any any need for uh, these feet that we are developing because, see, we, we are connected to Our mother's womb, uh, through the umbilical cord, and we have everything we need here. We are fed, we are happy, and all these body parts are growing—the eyes, the mouth, and everything. It's useless. No, this is all that is. You know, we are in the womb. This is all that is. The other twin said, "Oh no, there is life out of this womb." That's why we're developing legs. That's why we're developing hands. But the other one said, no, how is it going to work? Look, we are attached to our mother's oblique cord. I don't see any way out of this situation. And, and by the way, you are talking about a life out of here. You are talking about our mother. We've never even seen our mother. How do we know we have a mother? How do we know? We haven't seen
1: her. Perspective, isn't it? Perspective, isn't it? positioning where you are and what you are trying to see.
0: God is bigger than our minds. He's bigger. He created everything. And we have our being in Him. You want to see God before you believe? God, everybody who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That is a condition. You start by believing that he is because he truly is. And by the way, don't tell me that, oh, I'm just telling you to believe without evidence. No, there is evidence. There is evidence. I don't want to to just share my only experience. Throughout human history, God has interacted with people. It's documented. We have scripture. And some of us, I as an individual, have experienced God at a personal level. I was sitting in a meeting. In 2001, and I heard God clearly told me, Eric, you're going to the United States Graduate School. Let me tell you how
1: impossible it was. I was not having $100 in my account. So when I heard the voice of God, who was not as a loud speaker in my spirit, that is not the first time God has spoken to me. I went home and told my wife we're going to pray our way to the United States. And indeed, we prayed.
0: I'm not going to get into the details. If you really want to learn more about the story, you can grab this book, Coming to America, A Journey of Faith, and read it firsthand. Account of what God has done in my life. That too many accounts, too many accounts of other people that have experienced God, done supernatural things in their life. But I don't want you to believe God based upon my
1: story. God has revealed himself in nature. He has revealed himself in scripture. To have faith, you need to believe in God. And I'm going to explain
0: why you need to believe in God. You need to know the word of God. You need to know the word of God for you. You need to read it for yourself. It's very important. The dangers of letting fear dominate you, the dangers are real. Some of us are, you are, you are, right now, you. some of you are not married because you've been so afraid to take a step and ask the woman or the man, here I said you're getting married, one man, one woman. Not men getting married to men, or women getting married to women. We don't have... Marriage is not something that we originated. God originated marriage. He created us. And that's how it's written. For a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife and the two become one flesh. If you really want to enjoy marriage, do it God way. It's important for you to know the word of God. Because the dangers of allowing fear, fear of what people will say, fear of failure, fear of being misunderstood, fear of being fired, whatever your fear is, if you don't deal with it, it's going to deal with you. If you don't deal with your fear, the fear is going to deal with you. And hopefully today, by the time we're done, you'll be able to know how to deal with your fear. I said the dangers are real. The dangers are real if you don't deal with whatever fear you're having today. Now, consider what
1: happened to the children of Israel in the wilderness. Before I read to you
0: the account that we have in Numbers chapter 26, not chapter 13, verse 16 to 33, I want to give you a little background story. And to why, when I say we need to base our faith on God's word, on on, on the title deed that God has given us, it's not just some wishful thinking or blind following and things like that. The children of Israel prior to getting into the wilderness were enslaved for more than 400 years in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. The Egyptians were driving them crazy. Killing. Mitrating them. Put them in forced labor, So they cried out. They cried out for deliverance. They cried out to God. Because God had promised their forefathers that they were going to be enslaved in Egypt. And he, God, was going to deliver them. God had given a word. And that's the word of God. We can count on it. God had given a word to Abraham. your descendants will go down to Egypt. They will grow in number. They will be enslaved. But I'm going to take them out. And so they cried out. And God kept the promise.
1: Moses showed up. Egypt at that time was the strongest nation on earth. Moses shows up without an
0: army and told Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. Go down, go down, go down to Egypt and tell Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go.
1: These are the words of the mighty Lord, let my people go. Moses shows up with the staff, and tells Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh was
0: like, Moses, you, you're a fugitive. You just show up like, I think I'm going to. What are you talking about? mm 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 it's not going to happen. God sends nine plagues upon the Egyptians. And when the last plague happened, where the firstborn sons died, Pharaoh was shaking to the car. The entire Egypt was mourning. And Pharaoh said, you guys can leave now. Live, 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 live. Can you imagine? These slaves that have been enslaved for hundreds
1: of years, out of a sudden, they're not free to go. However, when they started getting out of Egypt, Pharaoh changed his mind. And rallied his army and pursued them. Now the people were stuck between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army be- behind them. That's when
0: Moses was like, oh, Lord, well, what am I going to do? God told him, you see the stuff you're having? Use it! Hold it over the water. Moses raised the stuff over the Red Sea. The Red Sea parted. Now you are telling me Eric, oh, you're a scientist, do you believe all those fables? Really? I believe them. It happened. The word of God is true, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. God's word is real. If you apply it in your life, it's going to change your life just as has changed mine. The rest Sea parted. These people rushed, the Egyptian, the, the, the children of Israel rushed across on dry land, when they stood on the other side, the Egyptian army came
1: in as well. Moses raised the staff. The Red Sea closed up and the entire army was wiped out. These people that God had freed from slavery, God had promised them
0: I am taking you to a land that is flowing with milk and honey, and I'm going to give you that land as a possession. That was a title deed that God had given them. Please, I want you to follow me now. We are getting there, and see how you see where you belong
1: in this story. God had given them a promise. The title deed. And God had demonstrated
0: to them by all the miracles he did in Egypt and on their way that he was faithful and he could keep his own part of the bargain. God could be trusted. When the people get close, they got close to the promised land, they sent in spies. This is what happened. Now, the Twelve spies were sent in to spy the land to see if what God had told them about the land was true. Remember, I've already said God had done miracles in their lives in the past, and they couldn't dispute that.
1: He parted the Red Sea. His freedom from slavery. They could not dispute that.
0: This is the report that the spies gave when they came back. Remember, they went to spy based upon God's promise to them. That's why the word of God is very important. You need to know what promises God has for you. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land came back with some fruit. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and
1: it was flowing with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. They
0: brought brought some fruit. God has said the land was flowing with milk and honey and here they are are telling us, yes, truly, it's true. God, God spoke the truth.
1: It's true. The land is flowing with milk and honey. But, oh each time somebody tells you something and says,
0: but, listen to what comes after but. That is the action I'm going to take. Forget about what they said before. Yeah, this people are saying, no, the land is flowing with milk and honey. God is true. However, we're not going to trust him. We're not going to believe him. Why? Because we are afraid. That's why fear is very dangerous. Listen to what they said. Listen to what came after the birth. But the people who live there are powerful. Sure, they are powerful. So what? And the cities are fortified and very large. So what? We even saw descendants of Anak there. So what? The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Of course, God had already told them there will be
1: people in the land. You're going to go there and drive them out. You have to fight. Can you imagine these people? The land is
0: occupied, of course. Oh, the marketplace is saturated,
1: of course. Distinguish yourself. What are your excuses that you are
0: using to cover the fear that is holding you back from doing what you know you are supposed to do to change your situation right now. Fear of rejection? You don't want to reconcile with your parents. You don't want to reconcile with your wife, with your husband, with your children. Fear of rejection? Pick up that phone and make that phone call. You are afraid to launch that product because you think the marketplace is saturated?
1: Fear is holding you back? Did you receive a word? These people were going through all the excuses. The land is
0: occupied. There are giants in the land. There are giants in the land. Of course,
1: there are giants in the land. Deal with them. Ten of the spies focus
0: on the negative. They focus on what was going to prevent them from becoming all what God told them they were going to be. Thank God for the two other spies, Caleb and Joshua. Listen to what they said. And that's what's going to help you break free from whatever fear is holding you back today. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for so we can certainly do it. That is faith. He was not being presumptuous. Caleb was not refusing reality. Caleb was not refusing the facts on the ground. Caleb didn't say there are no giants on the land. He didn't pretend. No, he said, let's go take the land. We can take it. Why? Because God had promised them. God had promised them. You can take the land. God had given them the title, did. They could operate on that. They could step out in faith, believing what God has promised because okay. the first part of the promise was true. If God said the land was flowing with milk and honey and went, the land was truly flowing with milk and honey, the same God who had freed them from slavery, the same God who had parted the race for them was going to give
1: them the land just as he had, he had, he had promised. You cannot let your circumstances,
0: you cannot let the circumstances that are surrounding you right now determine
1: the action that you take. You have to do the right thing, irrespective
0: of how you're feeling, of what is trending, of what your competition is. You must take a step of faith. And do the right thing if you want to experience victory. Caleb tried to cheer the people up. But the ten spies did what? They insisted. But the men who had gone with him said, We can't attack these people. They are stronger than we. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had exploited. They said, it's, it's just, it just went down here. What are some of the ridiculous excuses you hear people give for not taking a step, for not taking a stance? They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. No, wait a minute. The land
1: devours those living in it, yet the Jubicides are there The giants are there.
0: The land didn't devour the lions. The giants, the the, 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 the land did not devour you who just left the land with this report. You see how ridiculous it gets? What are some of the ridiculous excuses
1: people make for not standing for anything? All the people we saw there were of great
0: size. We saw the Nephilim there the descendants of Anak came from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them.
1: Can you imagine the God to the point where the grasshopper complex took hold of them and
0: they said that they appeared like grasshoppers and, and those people. To, and they, not only were they looking at themselves to be grasshoppers, they also thought that the giants in the line were looking at
1: them as grasshoppers as well. If you allow fear to dominate your life,
0: it's going to reduce you to nothing. It's going to reduce you to a grass. Hopper, what are you basing your faith on? Your bank account? in The stock market? Your job? Are you anchored in God? It's very important. The only difference between the ten spies, Caleb and Joshua, is that they they chose to believe what God said regarding that particular circumstance they were facing. We live in a day of and what is trending. Just because 99.99% of the population says something is accepted, it doesn't make it right. You need to know that. And that is why you must spend time in the Word. Read the Bible for yourself. Read the
1: Bible for yourself. Read the Bible for yourself. Let the word of God be your guide and your anchor and you will walk in victory.
0: What is the word of God saying concerning the situation you are facing right now? Is it fear of death? Jesus said I'm the resurrection of the life. He that believes in me, though he lives, will live again. What is what? Fear of losing your job. I will supply your needs. I will supply all your needs. God will supply all your needs. According to his riches and glory. Fear of being alone. Lord. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. What are you afraid of? Fear of diseases. God heals us from all manner of diseases. What is your fear? Fear of feeling. What are you afraid of? Why are you anxious? Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says what? Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. We guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Do you want to overcome fear? Have a heart of gratitude. Be thankful. Pray. Read the Word of God. Believe it and obey it. And fear. Pack its bags and run away. We've been commanded to do what? To take captive every thought that raises itself above the knowledge of the word of God. You need to take captive of that thought that is telling you that you are worthless. That thought that is telling you that you are good for nothing. No. You need to take captive of that thought because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a child of God if you've been born again. You are a joint heir with Jesus sitting together
1: in heavenly places. Your body is a temple of God and the Holy Spirit is living in you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God is your refuge. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want.
0: God will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies.
1: His goodness and his mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. If we confess our sins, he's faithful forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What are you
0: afraid of? What is holding you back? I hope this encouraged you. What the Word of God is saying about you is more important than how you are feeling right now. It's more important than your circumstances. I didn't say refuse the circumstances. No. There are two realities. The reality of God and the reality of what you are facing. If you choose God's reality, you walk in victory. Fear will lose its grip over you. Thank you for watching. Share this video. Stay tuned for more updates. And God bless you fantastically.